From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parmenil McCready, Clark Ford at studio here this morning. We're going to talk to uh, Tom Hart with the SC Network coming up here in a little bit, 8.30 or so. Uh, if you're in our live stream, the uh, second segment, we'll uh, talk to him. He's been hanging around with Andy Kennedy a lot over the last couple of years. Andy, obviously, the new coach at UAB. So we'll talk to uh, talk to Tom here in a bit on the podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Go next door to the Oxford Crystal. Still doing uh, the drive-through. Drive-through uh, lane's pretty important right now given everything that we are uh, dealing with. So take advantage of that. You can still uh, get get gas at the Oxford Exxon. Everything is open, so take advantage of it. Still uh, the essential things, food, fuel, and more there at those two places. Again, Highway 6 West, use those if you would. We would appreciate it. They would appreciate it. And, uh, frankly, you got to get fed, get some fuel as well. So uh, they're coming to you from them and as well as the Clark Ford Studio. You've got uh, Josh Kelly on the burner line. Uh, I'll take it off. Yeah, okay. no big deal. Just letting you know. All right. Uh, we're brought to you. As he was so good, we're going right back to him. We'll going to spend we'll another say, day with we'll Josh. Say, yeah. Probably okay. news to Josh, but. Uh, 662-257-1900 is the number to call for uh, Corey Clark and the people at Clark Ford. They're open today. Uh, <clears throat> auto repair is deemed a necessary service, and uh, sometimes you might need to buy a car, whether that's right now, uh, whether that's down the road. Uh, whenever the case may be, we would appreciate it if you would call Corey and the people at Clark Ford and at the very least get a quote. It's going to help you moving forward. It's going to stop you from getting fleeced somewhere else. And it just might uh, do what it's done for you, what it's done for me, what it's done for my family, and let's get you in a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product, you'll love the service after the sale. Corey wants to be a car guy, he wants to be a truck guy. He'll prove that to you. Six six two, two five seven, nineteen hundred. Guest, join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. When we get through this and we get to the other side, we'd really appreciate it if you would. Spend uh, some of your celebration time there at Rafters, home of uh, the bluegrass brunch, uh, chicken and waffles, biscuits, mimosas, Bloody Marys, the whole deal. All that at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. So, um, let's see, as we get started, what happened yesterday? Kind of, what was it? What do we have? Jordan Tamu, Jordan Tamu, Chief. uh, the Chiefs. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Nope. Um, really, really good news last night. Somebody who played well in the XFL until it got uh, until it got canceled with everything else, and uh, it's gonna at least get an opportunity. Um, got one a little bit with the Texans before before things unravel for him last year, and ended up in the XFL. But uh, he's uh, he's been good to us. Really, really good guy. You know, you know, he's got a got a chance to stick. I mean, a lot worse things than being the backup to Patrick Mahomes for a little while. Yeah. Well, the fact that Andy Reid. Signed him is probably a pretty good sign for Jordan, whether it's in Kansas City or elsewhere. means that what he did in the XFL was noticed. And, uh, yeah, I hope it works out. That uh, would be really cool. I, I've sent him a message. Hopefully we can um, we can get in touch with him here soon and get him on the show. Have you talked to Andy much since I uh, got the UAB gig? Um, we've, we've, we've had a couple of conversations. He's excited. Um, mostly just text. Uh, he's excited. I had talked to him at length on uh, 
the night that this thing broke, that Thursday night, I sent him a text to say, hey, man, you did a really good job. I know it was an awkward deal broadcasting an Ole Miss game right there courtside and, and then all the stuff that happened that night. You know, I, I knew I knew the UAB thing was, was a real possibility, and I knew he wanted it. And uh, I watched his press conference yesterday on the UAB Facebook stream, and as you might expect. So that was media doing teleconference or what? what so he, he did a direct message to the fans, and then he went and sat down with the voice of UAB, and they did an interview, and media had been allowed to submit questions. And so he ended up being the conduit for those questions. And as you can imagine, Andy did remarkably well in a press conference setting. There might yeah. not be a better, literally, might not be a better coach press conference deal than off the cuff, intelligent answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's absolutely top ten. He's almost certainly top five, and I'd love to see. A, I'd love to watch that competition. Believe it or not, I mean he is remarkably good at that. And I know a lot of people have said, "Man, he, I can't believe he left TV." And I get that. Because he's great at TV. Could be a superstar at TV. Frankly, ESPN probably dragged its feet. And I don't know that it would have mattered. Andy wanted to get back into coaching. He knew he wanted to get back into coaching. He knew the deal at Ole Miss had run its course. 12 years at one place is a long time. And um, he did the smart thing. He kind of took a little time. He made a comment yesterday. Experience without reflection isn't worth much. He's had a chance to reflect. He's had a chance to go watch a lot of practices. Uh, he's covered all these games at different places. He's gotten a chance to kind of study Bruce Pearl and uh, John Calipari, and Rick Barnes, uh, Eric Musselman. He's been at all these practices. Uh, had a chance to just kind of observe things, talk to people from a different perspective, see the game from a different perspective. And uh, I think he's recharged his batteries. And he's at a place that is home. He and his family uh, moved to Birmingham when they left here. Mm -hmm. One of the things he said when he got fired here or resigned here, whatever you want to call it, was, I'm not staying in Oxford. That's dumb. And they picked Birmingham. He and Kimber both went to UAB. Uh, their kids, one of their kids is in school at Samford. Right. Uh, another one of their daughters is in school at Auburn. So you, Birmingham made a lot of sense. And um, he, he loves that program. And I think he'll do really well. I, you know, it's it's. He uh, he was asked yesterday about, you know, normally when you're a, a new first year coach, right now you're, you're hitting the ground, you're you're hitting the recruiting trail, you're getting out there, can't hit the recruiting trail, so they got to do it a different way. Um, that's going to be a challenge, but he's going to do it a different way. Well, you've got to recruit different kind of kid. Well, no, you I'm, have I'm to. Kidding. I'm yeah, I mean, you have to. You can't go see the kid. The kid can't come see you unless he's there in Birmingham. So they're going to have to they're going to have to recruit a little differently in terms of making contact with kids because they've got to fill up a roster. But one thing he said, and it's true, he never did it at Ole Miss. Uh, he said uh, he's not going to use it as an excuse. He never uses anything as an excuse. He'll he'll do well. It was for the people that are like, oh, you're defending Andy. I'm not defending Andy. Andy, it was time for Andy to go. Andy knew it, and uh, that thing had run its course. He knew it. I think he. People will never know precisely how close he came to being the next coach at, at Memphis when they decided to go in a different direction and hire Tubby Smith. Andy had known 
for a little while that the deal at Ole Miss was the sands were running out of the hourglass. <clears throat> that would have been a really interesting fit. Good fit, interesting fit. I would, I, would, I would have liked to have kind of just watched and seen that. Oh, that yeah. Would have been, that would have been fun to, yeah. to see. Um, Memphis would have been interesting. And UAB's got a chance on a little different scale to be something similar. Because I always thought Andy, Andy's best fit was maybe in a city in a little more urban area where yeah. you had a, a, a team there, if you yeah. will. You know? Yeah. I mean, even, you know, even not programs around us. I mean, over time when jobs would come open, you know, like I thought, okay, you know, even like a Providence or something when that big East yeah. kind of deal, something mm-hmm. along those lines. But yeah, that, uh, that, uh, that makes sense. Not, uh, not surprised by that at all. So we'll talk to Tom here in a little bit on the uh, show. Just give you a quick rundown if you uh, care, cause there's nothing else going on. And I did this. I ran the first half of the, uh, the first round of our simulation bracket this morning. I'll update the rest when I get home. It was frankly taking a little longer than I anticipated and what I had allotted for when I when I got up. But uh, the first four games are done, and uh, I guess you got one that could be considered an upset. But otherwise, uh, scratch moving on through those first four games. This is not a surprise. The 2015 Ole Miss team is playing the 2011 Ole Miss team in the first round. We said this line would be somewhere around 30 probably if we were uh, yeah, putting on it. Maybe a little more than that. The, uh, the final score of this simulation, Ole Miss 2015-51. 2011 Ole Miss 14, uh, 51-14 to eliminate the, uh, the, the the last seed in the bracket. I think it 14. <laughs> Is that the surprise for you at this point? Yeah, I mean, I just don't see it. <laughs> I mean, how? I don't know if I still have that box score up, do I? Let's see. Yeah, I do. I still have that box score up. They actually were tied 7-7 in the first quarter. And okay. then uh, the 2015 team scored 24 unanswered in the second, or 24 straight in the second quarter. Yeah. Um, they scored because where's that? Where is my thing? Um, Brandon Bolden had a one yard run, and then the Enrique Davis had a three yard run in the third quarter. Okay, that is, uh, where it was. But, sure. I mean, why not? It was fifty one to fourteen. Are we really nitpicking here? It's 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 Just feels awfully close. Chad was twenty two of twenty seven for three thirty five. Um, that's low compared to what he could have done. Uh, Jaywin Walton seventeen for two thirty two. Um, that's about the, right uh, on, on the day. That's about right. Broke a couple long runs, got loose a little bit. Jordan Wilkins added. Yeah, it was a it's a good day. Laquan Treadwell abused some corner for 127. Oh yeah, yeah. I can see that. No, not 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 a problem there. As we're uh, as we're moving on down, we got a uh, in the best game of the day, the 2012 Ole Miss Rebels. Hugh Freeze's first team playing Matt Luke's first team, 2017, 2012, this is the 2017. Grudge Bowl. The 2017 Ole Miss Rebels. Pulled off the upset, 26-21 over the 2012 Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, Good. They deserve to win that game. I think they deserve to get Absolutely. you right there on that one. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> that makes me happy. Good for them. <laughs> uh, in the uh, in the win, Shea Patterson is the quarterback. He went 24 of 39 for 347, 3-2. Three um, yeah, they would have been better off with Tamu, but okay, well, fair well, enough. Um, they're still in it. I can change quarterbacks as they advance. They, they they now their problem is they get the 2015 team next. So yeah, it's it, not gonna it, matter it, anymore. It, it's over. But glad Bo, they got that one. Bo goes 14 of 27 for 207 and two in the loss. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Whatever. But we've got moving on. So 26 21. The 2017 team will play the 2015 team in the second round. The 2009 team played the 2019 team. This is interesting. This was this was one where the computer kind of went. I don't know, but um, so this is Jevin Sneed and that group that was the, started the, the season. Head case season. Yeah, the head case season against last year. Yeah. Okay. 34-28-09 pulls it out. 
Okay. Yeah. Got it done. They were up 17. Here, here's where it makes sense, though. They were up 17 nothing in the second quarter. Oh. Took their foot off the gas and allowed the 2019. So Plumlee had a hot second half running the football. Uh, he did have a an eight-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter. Elijah Moore caught a 20-yard pass um, in the fourth quarter. Did he get a penalty? He did not. No. Okay. It, now it was a touchdown that didn't mean anything. Oh. Um, but, yes. Uh, Joshua Sheen hit a couple field goals. Luke Logan missed his only attempt. Um, yeah. Plumley was 7 of 13 for 115 and 1. Jevin against that pass defense was 24 of 36 for 399 yeah, on the I see uh, that. on the game. So 2009 moves uh moves through our bracket and I think they play the winner of this game. The 2003 Ole Miss Rebels play the 2004 Ole Miss Rebels. I, the box score is linked. There's a very short recap because all the freaking players are the same and that was going to get very confusing. So uh but it, the quarterback position was the difference. I know we're stunned here as well. Right. Uh 2003 Ole Miss, the Cotton Bowl team 48 to 10 over the 2000 so the Rebels. team with Eli beat the team without Eli. That is correct. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. The bottom line, that is uh that is what happened. Eli twenty of twenty nine for three twelve and three. Uh, on the other side, Ethan Flat, 19 of 40 for 277, three interceptions. Michael Spurlock, four of ten for thirty six yards. Gotcha. So there is your uh the first half of the bracket, if you uh are so interested at uh at this point. So anyway. That's that side. We'll uh, we'll get into more later, but just thought everybody would whatever. Yeah. So what you what you do yesterday with your uh your your day? Uh, let's see. What did I do yesterday? Oh God. Uh, everything's running together right now. You know what I mean? You go. What did yeah. you do yesterday? And I go. Well, what did I do yesterday? I don't know. I mean, I'm reading a good bit. Um, did a little work. I, basically, I tried to line up podcast guests for several hours yesterday. I was. I did some of that too. Yeah. I mean, I. I <laughs> told a couple people yesterday i'm basically just trying to punch above our weight right now because nobody's doing anything so just see what somebody says be real nice and maybe you get a yes and i think i did get a yes i'm very excited about i'm waiting on a confirmation but i i I, it was kind of one of those ah what the hell kind of deals and sure i was like yeah see what happens got a reply and here we'll go so um he's bored too yeah he's not doing anything so it's uh it's fine but no i'm I'm not (laughs) In mostly a good way, I'm not doing much. Like, I'm kind of able to, you know, reset set a little bit. But I'll be honest, yesterday was the first time, especially last night, to where it's kind of hidden me a little bit. Like, I had to I had to fight kind of being morose yesterday. Like, yesterday was a day where I I didn't have much energy. I didn't, not like sick, but I just, I was just lethargic. I was just, the weather and not getting outside a ton. And I'm telling you, I just, I, I hit a... I'm not depressed. I had a kind of a depressive episode yesterday for a little while. I, I kind of had a hard time bouncing back for a minute yesterday. I understand. I made a conscious decision yesterday that I was not going to watch the news and that I was not going to read much news. And I did. I, I never I never turned the television on. I watched uh, – I did some work. I watched game five of the 2016 NLCS. 2000 – okay, yeah, gotcha. Cubs-Dodgers was tied 2-2. Two to two. It was the game where the Cubs took a 3-2 lead. I'd forgotten about that game. Kind of watching it, almost got back into it again. Um, I set up a workout station outside on the driveway. Did you? I decided that I wanted some fresh air. I didn't want to be up in the playroom where the TV would be on and I would be distracted and all that stuff. And so I, 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 said, I said, you know, yeah, some people might look at me and think I look like an idiot, but that's okay. And so I went out and did a pretty good workout, came in, did a Peloton ride. We got good news in the middle of the day. I walked out to the mailbox, and um, uh, 
got the mail, and Caroline's ACT had come back. Oh. And I said, oh, shit. This could be bad. <laughs> yeah, I thought to myself, I have nowhere to go if this goes really bad, you know. And, and um, there was a score she needed to get to keep some options on the table. And um, so I took it up to her. I didn't okay. open it. It's her, it's her mail. I never opened anybody else's mail. I took it up to her, went back downstairs. And actually, someone had put something else in the mailbox since so I went out to get that. The kids are all entertaining each other by selling clothes to one another. So oh, okay. Caroline had bought some clothes from someone, and they shoved it in the mailbox. And so I went out to get it. Oh. And when I came back in, all I heard was screaming. And I didn't know at first whether Positively it was or bad screaming or good screaming. And I remember thinking, I wish I had a place to go. But it went good. She got the score okay. she needed. So the day so we're good. we had a good tone to the rest of the day. Okay. That's uh, that's fair. We need to do a video of you working out in the driveway. It'd be good content. Uh, yeah, no, we don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I did some jump rope, did some resistance bands, did some, uh, you know, just push and pull. Stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I was, it's kind of analyzing as, as you're talking even a little bit. And I was, I I told somebody this yesterday. Some of it too is this is a really, I mean, like not to get deep. We're gonna go to Tom in a minute, but it's a really strange month for me. Um, today's Carly Ann's birthday. She turns oh, four today. Happy birthday. Um, yeah. So t- turns four today. And this is just life. It's going to be like this forever. It's so close to my dates with Clark, though, mm-hmm. that mentally it's this weird couple weeks here where I've got sure. kind of a month of up, down, up, down, up, down, up, sure. down, up, down. And, and I mean, again, I mean, we talk to thousands of people, the same thousands of people every day. For a long time, I kind of compartmentalized and didn't allow a lot of the negative even get to me. I mean, I would I would forget dates when they would happen. Like, I just, my mind said, you can't handle this. We're not going to let you do it. And it's just going to be a thing. And I've tried to really fight that this year. I've tried to kind of get in touch with myself a little more. So I, I'm, it's almost like this premonition or maybe this worry a little bit that because of that, I am potentially in in for a little worse April than maybe I have been in the past, plus everything else going on right sure. now. I, in, in my head a little bit, I'm going, need to kind of get a grip up because I don't really know what you're, it's going to happen to your mental state here in the next few weeks. Uh, I think that's some of it. So I don't know. Um, that's good to be in touch with it. Well, yeah, I mean, look, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there is a part of you that, you know, um, kind of likes the compartmentalization and just go hey let's just not even whatever but that's not healthy at some point you've got to you got to take it on and, of course and and that's yeah. that's where we are so yeah yeah this is a happy podcast guys we really talk about a lot of positive things we, well uh, I, we, I, I know i know what was getting me going into yesterday was the whole 15 days thing and so i just put it away for a day you can't put it away forever and sure enough, I got up this morning, I looked at some news, and that was the big topic yesterday was Trump trying to kind of skirt this line and Congress can't get over anything. Is he removing the dock from the, the podium now? Is that it? Is that right? I don't know. Wasn't there last night? I know. Just can't handle. I don't know. I should stop. I kind of egged you on there. It's fine. Some oh. of the politicians on both sides of the aisle. Did you turn this Tiger King on yet? We're starting it tonight. Okay. We'll talk about it tomorrow then. That's fine. Did you see where... I uh, only watched like the first 10 minutes. Um, it's crazy, right? Well, I was flipping through Netflix just trying to find anything to let somebody all kind of have a family moment for a minute or let Carly Ann watch something for a second. And she saw it and she goes, oh, Tiger. And I'm like, ah, okay. 
and I hit it. And the language was so bad in the first couple of minutes. I'm like, all right, no, 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 no. Right, like right. I, I know you like the tiger, but no, we're yeah. we're, we're good. But um, that was that was kind of it. But anyway, yeah, I I don't know. We watched. Uh, we've caught up to uh, a thousand little fires or whatever it is. The one with Reese Witherspoon. How's that? It's really interesting. It's, it? it's a little bizarre, but it's we've caught up with it now where it's going to be once a week. And I think okay, once a better. week, I'll yeah, handle yeah, yeah. it better. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Well, uh, we'll go to Tom Hart in one second. For the other two about community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. Underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting and understand your market. Every market's a little different right now, so that's important. Also, with the float down option, you can lock in the current rate, but if rates go down before you close, you get that lower rate. 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Uh, let's see <laughs> which ones I'm supposed to read and which ones I'm not. Um, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> uh, we have some something coming from Dead Soxy. Not quite there yet, so I'll just leave it at this for today. Uh, they have promo code Rebel Grove at checkout to receive 30% off all orders at deadsoxy.com. I talked to uh, Michael, the people at Dead Soxy yesterday, so they've got some, uh, they got some pretty cool stuff coming your way. Uh, speaking of cool stuff, we are brought to you by Nest and Wild. Sleep better with the Nest and Wild mattress. Nest and Wild is a Mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. Every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick, giving you comfort and support that will last. A lot of online brands sell an 8-inch or 10-inch mattress with less support and durability. But from the twin size to the California King, every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick, 100% American made, and the pricing is fantastic. We'll make it even better by uh, giving you a promo code. We'll get to that in a second. Also, with Nest and Wild, you fight cancer in your sleep. Nest and Wild has partnered with former Major League pitcher Jason Mott and his foundation in the fight against char- cancer. <laughs> I almost said the fight against charity. The fight against cancer. They donate a portion of every mattress sold back to Jason's charity. It's also a no-risk decision. Nest and Wild believes in their product so much they're offering a 99-night trial on every mattress. So try it out. Sleep on it for 99 nights. If you don't like it, you can return it. Go to nestandwild.com. Order your mattress. Use the podcast code REBEL20. Get 20% off your purchase, and your mattress will arrive at your door in three to five days. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. Pinnacle Trust based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in uh, more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. Founded in 1997, Pinnacle Trust provides detailed specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and so much more. At Pinnacle Trust, investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle Trust will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. Uh, Cookie-cutter financial planners put you in a box. Pinnacle Trust builds a box just for you. To learn more, go to PinnacleTrust.com, P-I-N-N-Trust.com. Mention you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You'll get 10% off your first year's fees. I'll have a mailbag out tomorrow. It's brought to you by the Weston Jackson which is home to Soul Spa, also home to Estelle, Wine Bar, and Bistro. Um, you're staying in Jackson. If you are uh, working in Jackson, if you are planning some sort of a relaxing getaway from the kids when this thing is over, 
and uh, Jackson is your destination, I would highly recommend the Weston Jackson. It's a Marriott property in downtown Jackson. Double Decker has been rescheduled for August 14th and 15th. They released a new date uh, yesterday afternoon, so you can uh, put that on your calendar temporarily, and hopefully that is the case. That's what I will uh, say. I, 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 I pray there is Double Decker August 14th and 15th. So that's uh, Caroline was like, that's move-in day yeah, at Ole Miss, and I said, who cares? Yes. We'll figure it out. Oh, I would never be happier to yes. see Oxford be a cluster F. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. Then I would that day. It's fine. All of you come, <laughs> take over our town. Yeah. I'll sit at home and won't complain a bit. You nope. can have the entire thing, have at it, order all the food and drink you can, she congregate. Was like, she was like, all the kids will be moving in. And I'm like, yep, yep. yep. let's hope. That's the That'd be awesome. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great if it's a complete disaster? Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. So visit OxfordMS.com uh, is the website. You see all the COVID updates, COVID, however we're supposed to say this, um, updates there, curbside delivery services, wh- who's doing what, as well as how to support service industry employees also. So let's visit OxfordMS.com. Now we're going to go to Tom Hart. So if you're in a live stream, hang out for a second. We'll be right back. Tom Hart, kind enough to join us here on the podcast. Tom, really appreciate you uh, you being with us. How are you? Yeah, gentlemen, happy to do it. Thanks for asking me to come on. Yeah, well, we uh, we saw a, a lot of the Andy Kennedy stuff yesterday. We, of course, I covered Andy for eleven seasons and uh, am friends with him. And I know that you did a lot of broadcasting with him. And I saw some of the AK stories that were flying around yesterday. And anybody who's ever <laughs> done any stuff with it yeah everybody laughs immediately anybody who uh (laughs) (laughs) so i just said uh i said oh i don't i don't know that he and i know each other and and i said i'll give it a shot and uh sure enough you were you were kind enough to do it because we wanted to tell some ak stories we'll get to that in a minute first i guess i'm curious we do this with everybody now um you're home you're everybody's everybody's basically locked in you've got you've got uh just three young ones uh, not babies, but they're, they're they're homeschooling. What's that been like the last few days? It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, honestly. You know, my season really never ends, and so my work schedule is just constant constant turnover, constant travel. Um, it's rare that I put the suitcase away, but the suitcases have been put away. Uh, the Delta app is empty. I have no trips to the airport. I have no flights scheduled. Um, so it's been a lot of fun just, you know, spending time, a lot more time with the family. Um, luckily we have, we have space so we can get away from each other when we need to. I think that's also important to understand boundaries. Uh, but we've been having a lot of fun. Um, you know, we've turned it into, to movie night or watching TV shows that the kids like, uh, doing schoolwork throughout the day, then getting out and getting some fresh air when uh the weather allows and stretching our legs and it's just it's just us man it's just us in this house and and kicking around and it's not a bad thing necessarily what do you what do you hear i mean obviously this would be a time of year that that we would be doing a lot of basketball recruiting you probably would be doing a lot of spring football there'd be some baseball going on all of that's completely out the window for right now when you talk to other people in the business when you talk to people that are maybe even decision makers are you are you left with optimism that we're going to get back to some degree of, of normalcy in the sports world sooner rather than later? Or, or are you beginning to hear some kind of uh, caution out there? 
Well, I think overall there's a lot of caution as well. You know, there should be. I'm not going to say that the football season is threatened right now or anything like that, but I just think the unknown, um, you know, even if college football is back on schedule and, and is going on, t- you know, relatively on time for us as fans and broadcasters, I know the coaches will be anxious to get guys on the field as soon as they can because they feel like they're already behind by losing spring practice. Um, so I, I haven't, you know, I think the biggest question is then how do the fans react? You know, how do people react going back into stadiums? I mean, if it's anything like the grocery store I went to yesterday, they'll be just fine packing it in. They won't mind bumping carts with each other on the way through the turnstiles. <laughs> it was, was kind of crazy. Um, but we'll see. And, and it, it also depends on your perspective, not only from a calendar, but also, you know, what sport, what league you're talking about. I was also in the middle of doing the XFL. Um, we had a fantastic half of the season. I know that the bosses were really pleased with how everything went, the way it was being received from a fan standpoint. Um, the television ratings were sensational. So I would be in the middle right now of bouncing back and forth between college baseball. In fact, I would have just had an Ole Miss baseball game at Texas A&M last Thursday, gone to Seattle for XFL, getting ready for LSU at Tennessee this Thursday night, and then heading back to to the West Coast for uh, XFL Houston at LA, so it's definitely it's definitely different, and the perspective is different. Obviously, college baseball is mourning the loss of the College World Series and entire season. The XFL is looking a little bit differently. Uh, while they missed the fact that they didn't have the second half of season in the championship, things were going so well that they're already planning on next year and coming back for 2021, and I think that's a good sign. A bit of an individual XFL success story. Jordan Tamu signs with Kansas City yesterday to get another NFL shot. What did you think of, kind of, of Jordan during his uh, his brief XFL stint? Well, I thought he was fantastic, and, and we had a couple St. Louis games. Um, I sat down with him a couple different times. You know, it, the, the XFL was really different in regard to how they found the quarterbacks. Oliver Luck, um, you know, was in charge of the league on the football side and and used all of his vast resources through scouting departments and player personnel people to find the right people for the right towns. Um, St. Louis, by the way, really embraced it. They embraced Tamu. Um, they had incredible crowds there, and they were – they're in line for a great season. Um, but what was interesting is they, they went a couple different directions. They had some veteran quarterbacks, guys like Aaron Murray was in Tampa Bay, Landry Jones was in Dallas. The veteran guys didn't really seem to work out. Josh Johnson was in L.A., and he was kind of hit or miss. This guy had been in the NFL for 11 years. Um, and Jordan was and is on the precipice of, of what I think will be a long and successful pro career. That doesn't mean he's going to be, you know, a pro bowler. Uh, and I don't know that he's going to start for four seasons in the NFL. But you don't have to look very far to have, find guys who have had success kicking around the league. Um, sure. Chase Daniel just signed another deal, for example. But, but anyway, I, I just I get to that uh, kind of a roundabout way. Um, the, the veterans in that league, guys who had been around football for a long time, who had taste not only of the NFL, but the Canadian League and, and other leagues, were so impressed by Jordan's skill set, uh, by his maturity. And they pointed to him and they said, listen, he just, as, as he learns and continues to learn how to lead a team, he's going to be wildly successful. 
He has all the physical tools. He's a smart football player. He understands what they're trying to accomplish, you know, on the grease board. Now it's a matter of taking that and putting it on the field. And the quarterbacks that we talked to, like, for example, Landry Jones, who'd been in the NFL for a long time, but had very limited starts because he's behind Ben Roethlisberger uh, for so long. They point out the fact that I'd never thought of it from this perspective. Listen, it doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter what kind of skills you have or leadership. You don't get reps as a backup quarterback in the NFL. You don't get game reps. You don't get practice reps. You don't get the chance to perfect your craft. And so it's really hard in that respect. So the XFL gave guys like Jordan a chance to, hey, you're the number one quarterback. You're getting the number one reps. Uh, you, get a, you get the leadership reps, and you get a chance to be front and center. So I think that was incredibly valuable to him. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the Chiefs end up doing with him and, and how long he's there and what opportunities he has behind, obviously, the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that if he gets an opportunity to stick with KC as a backup or a third quarterback, he will sponge Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and, and guys like that. They're, for as someone who has had success in, in athletics as much as Jordan has, you, you'd never really know it when you talk to him. He's pretty humble, uh, just kind of a, a regular guy. you know. And sometimes a lot of guys that have a lot of athletic success, they stop sort of being regular guys. He's, he's a pretty regular guy. Yeah. I, I think he'll absorb a lot from those guys. Yeah, and I just thought of something that would be interesting to watch. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about his um, his athletic background, like you talked about. He like, played baseball for a long time. And one of the things that they were working on within the scope of that offense, Chuck Long was his offensive coordinator, was getting rid of the ball quickly, you know, getting it out of the shotgun and firing it immediately. And he was pretty good at that at Ole Miss, um, but, you know, perfecting that. And he's like, you know, listen – this is really, and Chuck Long pointed this out. He said, you can see his baseball background. This guy can turn two. And what he means when he says that is you picture a shortstop coming across the back, turning a double play. He said, that's what we need in our screen game where you get the snap and you can get it out immediately. Well, what was Patrick Mahomes doing when he was at Texas Tech? He was also playing baseball. And we've seen, you know, he's playing infield specifically, but primarily third base. But we've seen Patrick Mahomes, different arm angles, different arm slots in terms of being creative and getting the ball out against pressure, against a rush, against an on-running, uh, on-rushing defensive lineman. And Jordan showed some signs of that too. So, you know, I'm not saying Jordan Tamu is Patrick Mahomes, but just as I process, you know, what I saw from him this season and, putting it together that he's going to be behind Patrick Mahomes. It's one of the first things I think about. I'm going to get to the AK stuff in a second. I'll get yelled at by, by our people in our live stream if I don't ask you a little bit about your thoughts on, on Ole Miss football and, and basketball quickly. Uh, Lane Kiffin, assuming we get a season, and I think eventually we will, I hope at least. Uh, year one for Lane Kiffin, what are sort of your expectations for him in the SEC? Well, things have changed. They've changed dramatically. There are no expectations anymore. I mean, you know, there, there are no fair expectations, I don't think, for anybody. Um, you know, I, I think that if you're Lane Kiffin, and I'm just using, I think he's a great example here, is to be successful year one with no spring practice and who knows what's going to happen in the summer, yeah. you have to change your expectations and you have to adapt and Lane is a brilliant football mind and, and he's adapted before in his football career. When he first got to Alabama, they were going to run the offense that they had been running at USC. 
He got to Alabama. He sat down with Saban at one point, and he said, listen, I know you hired me to run X, but we need to run Y. And let me share with you why I think we need to adjust and go up-tempo and go no-huddle and do more spread stuff and simplify. And it's because Oregon kicked my butt. Oregon hung 65 on me uh, when we went up to their place, and they did it with six plays. And he sold Saban on the idea of simplifying what they're doing offensively, and he adapted. So Kiffin adapted, Saban adapted. I think, you know, just going off on a Saban tangent real quick, one of the most successful coaches in sports done, the guys who've stuck around and been successful for a decade plus, they've adapted. You can't just be stuck in the mud and be who you were 10 years ago. It just doesn't work. Sports change, sports evolve. Um, so I don't know exactly what Lane was planning on doing. When he got there. I, I had his Florida Atlantic team in the bowl game without him, and they were very talented. He recruited incredible talent for Conference USA. Um, he had some, some great football players there. Even though that you know probably four or five of their best players didn't play in the bowl game for a variety of reasons, I was really impressed with what I saw in film. Um, I, so I think from an offensive standpoint, no matter how simple he was going to be, he's going to have to be more simple. Um, using contrast there within the state is you look at what how Mummy did within the air raid, you look at you know his lineage and what Mike Leach then is going to install. Uh, Mike Leach has an advantage in that he's going to be very simple with the air raid. Um, you know he doesn't need a lot of time when a quarterback gets there to get him up to speed to be able to run the offense. Obviously, the longer you're in it, the better you become, the more efficient you are, and a quarterback can make his own decisions as opposed to relying on the coaching staff. Uh, but it's, I'm anxious to see. I, I don't. I don't know. I think Lane's. You know, if, if we didn't have this interruption, I would have told you he's going to be wildly successful there within the scope of the history of Ole Miss football. Um, obviously, you're in the toughest division in college football. So that's, uh, you know, there's a curve, obviously, that we're speaking of. Um, but I think he, he will be successful. The question is, you know, how can you simplify to get the ball in the hands of your best players and be an effective and efficient offense without a whole lot of time and a whole lot of reps to introduce what you want to do and what you want to be long-term. You make such a great point. It's it's so true. It, there, everyone makes plans. You know, the, the plan was to have the spring practices and then have this intense offseason where you'd have a lot of meeting time and, and you'd, you'd go into the season, the offense would be completely installed, you'd be ready to roll. And now, I mean, it's, it's not unrealistic that guys aren't on campus until sometime in July. And you've got you've got to recondition people, and you got to be careful doing that. You get putting two hundred people in a building for the first time, and you're hoping that the damn thing's gone. And I mean, you're, there's a lot more on the table now than just hey, we got to get an offense ready to go for first weekend of September. It's it's a completely different deal. And and when you're a first a first year coach, and, and I mean a first year in a program, that's uh, that's a whole new set of challenges. You're exactly right. Now, I will say this. Uh, and I'll put it to, to you two different ways. Um, you just reminded me when you started that comment, you know, Mike Tyson's famous quote, everybody has a plan until they get hit, hit in the mouth. Well, everybody got hit in the mouth. Okay, so it wasn't just Ole Miss, for example. It sure. wasn't just State. Like, everybody got hit in the mouth. So no one is the same team that they were last year, even if you have the same coach, even if you have the entire same staff and your strength coaches in place and everything else everybody's going to be dealing with change and learning um, learning on the fly. The advantage I think Lane has um, 
that maybe some others don't is, you know, he's got a staff that generally he brought with him from Florida Atlantic, but also sprinkled in other guys that he wanted and that he knows. So he, he's got continuity is not the right word, but at least he has a knowledge base of, of who he's brought in. And, you know, they can at least work together with, from a planning standpoint, um, you know, who knows, who knows how different players react who knows what kind of shape players going to be in. Who knows how healthy they're going to be in once they get back um, into workouts, whether those be off-season workouts or once they start hitting again. Take a quick break in our talk with Tom to tell you about in-house interior and design. 662-681-6241 is the uh, phone number. Anything they can handle in person, they can handle over the phone or text. So if you're thinking about some projects, if you're thinking about different things you can do when this is over or uh, now on a much more limited basis, you give them a call. It's, again, 662-681-6241. 30 years of a combined experience to go in-state or out-of-state when uh, that situation does allow. So give them a call. And you'll be glad that you did. I do know that expectations are going to have to change. Um, you know, from a coach's standpoint, I think I think those that push the hardest at the beginning might find themselves doing more harm than good. And I think we'll see we'll see so much variety in quality of play. Even if, so, let, let's assume that they're back in July. That's one thing. Um, it could be later. It could be August. Yeah. We're going to see some teams that look awesome in September and very different in November and vice versa. I think there's going to be a wide variance in quality of play throughout the course of a three-month season. Uh, last thing before we get to Andy, I don't want to use up my time with, with this, but you, you saw Ole Miss basketball a good bit. They're one of the few teams that had a natural end to their season. It wasn't the end that, that anybody wanted at the beginning of the year. When you watch them, kind of what went wrong when, when you look at Ole Miss basketball and, and moving forward, how much change do you think Kermit Davis needs in that roster? Well, I was really honestly disappointed with their performance um, in the tournament. And I, I, you know, with everything else going on, going on, I didn't stop and read Kermit's comments after the game. I wasn't in the press conference afterwards because we had another game that night. Um, but I saw his frustration. I saw the frustration in his face during the game. Um, and I saw his frustration to me. What I saw was he was frustrated with players' effort, attitude, and execution. And I thought this was a team that had a chance to go on a run in Nashville. I, I know from an individual talent standpoint um, that they had the guys that can fill it up on any given night. And, and talking with Demonte Schuler throughout the course of the season, you know, probably had Ole Miss a handful of times. And I know he was frustrated just with the, the lack of winning at certain points in the season. And he just said to me one point, he's like, man, we just got to find a W. You know, we just got to get out. We got to find a win. Um, so it struck me as a team, and this was a departure, I think, from the year prior, that wasn't playing with a, with a ton of confidence. Um, and it's easy to forget that these, they're men, and I don't want to belittle you know, age and maturity, but from a lifespan perspective, they're still, they're still young. They're still, I think of them many times as kids. And so the inconsistencies that they have day in and day out, um, shouldn't be taken for granted. And we, we look at them and go, man, why would you not be confident? I mean, look at this, look, you're in the prime of your life. You've got great athletic ability. You have skill, you have everything out in front of you. Well, it's different when you're living it, you know? Um, and so I think that they were a team that didn't play with a ton of confidence throughout the course of the season, even if maybe from an outsider's perspective, they should have. So, um, 
you know, I don't have a roster in front of me. It's hard for me to uh, put in perspective, like, all the changes that we're going to see. Um, but then again, in the, in the same breath, we don't know what the transfer portal is going to look like in basketball. We don't know what's going to happen over the course of the summer. We don't know, you know, who's coming back, who's not coming back, who's going to be at various schools. Uh, there's a lot. There's unknown throughout all of sports, not the least of which, obviously, college football. But there's a lot of unknowns with, with hoops. Um, and there's a great leader there. Kermit's a great coach. He knows how to succeed in the postseason. Um, and he's at his best once he's been in a program for a little bit and he's got a veteran team. And once they get to a point, I know they're they're a little bit older this year, but I just feel like they were young in so many different spots that where he has veterans, I think that he'll be primed to go on a nice run. So you called that tournament with uh, that night in the the one night of the SEC tournament with Andy Kennedy. I know you you've called a bunch of games with him over the last couple of years. Um, he was awfully good at it. I, I I remember telling him throughout his time at Ole Miss, I'm like, man, you know you're you're lucky because if this coaching thing ever stops working out, TV's going to be a natural for you. You're going to be phenomenal at it. He was even better at it than I thought he would be. But uh, you got a firsthand glance at it, uh, unlike uh, us. Just kind of your, your thoughts on Andy, the broadcaster, and kind of what it was like to sort of be in his orb as much as you were. Well, I take the job very seriously, and, and he did too. I don't mean to imply that he didn't. Um, but, I, you know, I roll into a game with a backpack. I got my laptop that I, I pull up. I have different – now do I have the stats monitor up, but I have um, – I have a Slack channel up with our researchers. I've got a scoreboard up on there. I've got, you know, different stories and I've researched that I toggle back and forth from up Twitter, usually up during the game for a variety of reasons. Um, AK walks in wearing leather gaiters and uh, carrying a stat sheet with a red pen. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I got both game notes. I got the SEC game notes. I got you know, a different preseason magazine here and there. I got my whole workstation set up, and he's like, hey, man, can I get those stats? <laughs> yeah, yeah, here you go. And he rips off the back page of the game notes, and he circles about six stats, and he's like, hey, man, why do we get here so early again? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know, man. It's just kind of, you know, I like to get here early, make sure. Okay, hey, maybe next time we'll leave a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah, Megan. I mean, just it was so natural to him. Uh, to I mean, he's just talking ball, right? I mean, he that's all he's doing is talking ball. And he's I love I love calling games with coaches and players that see the game like that because um, they they see it totally different than we do. It's like if you go into a three D movie or you go to Disney where they have like. Um, Mickey's Philharmonic, and you put on the, the 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 3D glasses, right? Go in there and take the glasses off. I'm like you're still watching it, and you're still hearing it. That, that's cool and all, but he's watching it with the 3D glasses. He's seeing so much more. Yeah, and it's fun to sit and, and hear and see what he sees once you learn it. Uh, so the games were a lot of fun. Uh, outside of the games, I I can't believe we didn't get arrested. <laughs> Take us through the the uh, the Ron Jeremy night. That was, I think it was pretty early in the season, and it was great. I mean, 
I had so many people send it to me right away. And the next day he sent it to me like, Hey, did you hear about this? I'm like, dude, that's all anyone's talking about. But it was, you were phenomenal with it. Cause you sort of you sort of immediately corrected him, which led to just hilarious broadcasting. Yeah, we were at Arkansas and, um, you know, I've said this before about it. To me, the spontaneity is what made the whole thing funny. Yeah. It, it wasn't planned. Um, it, it's not like he saw the Ron Burgundy fat head and said, hey, I'm going to work in a Ron Jeremy joke sometime in the second half. Like, it's, it wasn't, he didn't hit the, you know, we have these, these boxes in front of us where we can talk to the production truck. It's not like he hit the talk back button and said to the director, hey, get me a shot of the Ron Burgundy fat head. I've got a funny joke. Now, it just... It just came to mind once he saw it and he commented on it and he got the wrong Ron. <laughs> Why Ron Jeremy was top of mind to him? I have no idea. And and I have no answer for that. All I know is that Ron Jeremy saw a spike in his Twitter mentions that night yeah. and he must have felt good to feel alive. You know? Um, and I, I told him this after the game. I said, listen, man, a, a good friend would have swept that under the rug. A good broadcaster would have changed the subject and gotten you away from it immediately and protected you. A great and a great friend would call you out on it and allow you to make an even funnier joke on the back end. Well, that's a whole different channel is what he said when I said, no, no, it's Ron Burgundy. Uh, and then I, the funniest part about it to me <laughs> was after the fact you think about the double entendres that get said during any sporting event. And, and we could rip off two dozen of them right now just by using sports cliches. You think about the double entendres that are said uh, unintentionally, but if your mind is in that place and everything you hear has another meaning, has a secondary meaning. So every time one of us said something that was even the least bit questionable. The other one jerked his head and looked at him. Wait, are, are you, what are we doing here? You know, like, are you, are we being, are we going down that road? Or are we not? What's, what's the, what's the plan of attack? And we would start dying laughing. I mean, Mason Jones got fouled shortly thereafter. Uh, he had another 30 point game. I spoke of his spurtability. AK almost fell out of his chair. You know, then it was, um, the ability for when, you know, the way that he works inside and the, just to pound it to the hole. And then all of a sudden I'm on the floor laughing and it was nonstop. And I, I wish we had a camera on us um, because it was just, it was to me, it was side splitting. And I just prayed, just let us get through this without losing our jobs, please. <laughs> yeah, so, we actually had, we actually had another game the very next night. Uh, in, in Gainesville, um, and we had a long flight delay the next morning. Uh, my luggage didn't show up on time for the next flight. It was it turned into this incredible journey. But we we're on the in the car on the way back to the hotel that night, um, and I get a text from Stanford Steve, um, who of course is on Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt, and he texts me and he said, "Hey man, I saw your game tonight. Do you think?" Andy would be okay if we ran that clip on the show asking professionally, like, Hey, if he's embarrassed by it, we don't want to cause more embarrassment. I said, are you kidding? 
if possible, he would hand deliver the tape to Bristol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> any any publicity is good publicity. He would be honored if you ran it. And of course, it was kind of a never ending thing over the course of the night. So you guys were somewhere, and he found some hole in the wall sort of a pub, and you it went back the next night, and everybody was like, someone said it was like a, a Norm from Cheers moment where everybody's like, "Hey, Norm." Oh yeah, yeah. I was. Um, it was. It might have been our first game together this year. You know, we're like we knew we'd be together on a regular basis, not just Tuesdays, but also most Wednesdays. And um, we're in Lexington, and everything like this whole journey to him was new, right? Because he's like, listen. Usually, when when we get, he goes, I've been to Lexington dozens of times, obviously, but usually we show up, we go to the gym, we shoot. We go back to the hotel, we eat, uh, we watch film, we get up the next day, we practice, we get lunch, we go to the game, we fly home. He's like, I've never really been in these towns. So I said, perfect. I said, listen, I'm coming in. I'm coming in day of game. I said, I'll see you at practice. Um, game's early enough. I said, i got a great steak place right across the street from Rep. I said, why don't we, if you're, in, you know, if you're up for it, why don't we go to Tony's? I know the guys that work there. They'll have a table for us. We can watch the late game, and, and we'll grab a bite and, and, and do whatever. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'll go to your place, but then you need to come to my place. I was cute. You, what, you already have a place? You've been in town for like 12 hours. What do you mean yeah. you got a place? Yeah, yeah, I got a place. And he took me to this hole-in-the-wall joint, you know, six blocks from the, the nice steakhouse, and he walked in. And it, it was like the prodigal son had returned. I mean, they were so happy to see him. They were going to kill the fattened lamb. And we had a blast. But and then we mentioned, I mentioned the place the next time we did a Kentucky game. I mentioned my place, Tony's, and his place, Rosebud's. And they couldn't be on further ends of the spectrum. Even though I'm sure some of the same people, you know, darkened both doors. Uh, but when I mentioned it on the Kentucky broadcast, Twitter went nuts, and they said, of course, of course Andy Kennedy is a Rosebud's guy. Yeah. Everything <laughs> makes sense now. Because, it, yeah, so you know, you know, you know him. Yeah. There are people out there that, that don't know Andy Kennedy, that don't know his personality, that um, that know him as Marshall Henderson's coach, or, or know him because, you know, because of his sideline antics and they played his team. And so I think it was really fun for me to kind of introduce AK, the person, to the entire league. And I think people now, when they see him coaching at UAB, will have a better appreciation for you know who he is and, and, and even what kind of coach he is. We'll wrap it up there. Talking about UAB, because I, by the way, Tom, I really appreciate your time. It's been great. Um, you, a lot of people were surprised he got back into coaching. I wasn't. I suspect you weren't. Uh, I, I knew that hunger didn't go away if anything it just grew and grew and grew he he could have and, and eventually he can go back to television if the thing at uab doesn't work out or if years from now he decides to get out of it tv will will still be around you i, I i'm putting words in your mouth i take it you were not surprised at all that when the uab opportunity came around that he jumped at it no 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 no, no not at all um you know, he wanted to get back into coaching. A, a lot of times what these guys do when they're smart is they take the opportunity of, um, of, of being at other practices and speaking with other coaches and they learn the do's and don'ts. Um, and, and they learn, they, they refine their own 
goals and their own skills as coaches. You know, you get a chance to, you know, like, for example, he's good friends with John Calipari. He's hung out with him on the Nike trip, and, you know, they're boys. That's fine. But he's never really sat down and watched a John Calipari practice. So there may be things that he took from that that he said, man, I I really need – I'm going to put that in my notebook. I'm going to use that next time. And there's probably – just as many things that he saw at any, I'm not picking on Cal, but anybody's practice where he thought, why the hell is he wasting his time doing that? Yeah. You know what? I wasted my time doing some of that too. I'm going to be more efficient. No more of that. Um, and so the, and those are discussions that we'd have, you know, back and forth to the arena, you know, having a pop after the game. Um, you know, when I get back in, here's what I'm going to do. And I know he was, he was working hard trying to find, the right spot uab just happened to be the perfect spot yeah well said tom really appreciate the time uh good luck with the uh the quarantine and the kids and the homeschooling and stuff and we'd love to do it again sometime down the road anytime fellas thanks for having me thank you tom hart there with us on the uh rafters music and food hotline sorry i had my numbers all uh, all over the place there for a uh for a second, appreciate him. Uh, always, we could go on forever about Andy stories and different things as we uh, as we talk. But nonetheless, we'll take a uh, break and tell you about special orthopedic group with uh, COVID nineteen and everything going on. And to let you know that they are open and they're operating based off the most readily available information. Obviously, that they will update this at their website sogms.com. All elective procedures from a surgery standpoint are on hold, but you can uh, you can get office hours at their Tupelo or Oxford locations. The New Albany location is currently closed. That started on Monday, eight to three are the uh, the hours, and they highly recommend calling ahead to make an appointment at six six two seven six seven. 4200 they also are offering some virtual health telemedicine visits or in-person visits if that is required so you can find out more again at that number or at sogms.com podcast also brought to you by john edwards of regency travel incorporated in memphis thinking about that trip that you're going to take when this is all over like a lot of us are thinking about um really suggest that you get in touch with john give him some parameters give him a budget you've got time he's got time sit back let him come up with some options for you that uh, will be really cool. I know a lot of uh, travel prices are down right now. Now might not be the worst time to book something uh, way ahead of time. Um, and um, use John. He's got he's a part of Virtuoso. is a worldwide network of travel partners that allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. We're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. And we're brought to you by Oxford University Bank. OUB locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community. OUB offers its customers the absolute best cash checking account. It's called Casasa, and with Casasa, OUB will pay customers 2.5% interest on their balances up to $50,000 and refund ATM fees nationwide. They also offer online bill pay, mobile check deposit using uh, their online app. They also have a commercial checking account now paying 1% interest as long as you keep $10,000 in the account. comes with fully interactive online banking. 
They can set up any local business to deposit checks from their office and not have to worry with coming to the bank daily to deposit those checks. To learn more, go to liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. OUB is FDIC insured. And we're brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group, dedicated to building the future you desire. Founded in Memphis in 2019, their team is comprised of established and seasoned financial experts who came together to serve individuals and families of their beloved hometown. Uh, the firm is built on decades of wealth management experience, and they've seen it all. Their financial advisors have a reputation for professional excellence, and their clients rely on their high level of confidence and integrity. Whether you need guidance on developing a financial plan, creating a customized executive benefits program for your business, or preparing a detailed asset allocation analysis, Bluff City Advisory will provide forward-thinking, cost-effective investment strategies customized to uniquely fit each client. 901-365-3447 or email ben, that's B-E-N, at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast is brought to you by Tyson Drugs and G&M Pharmacy. G&M, they're on South Lamar in Oxford. And big thing with them, they deliver locally in the Oxford area. I had one dropped off yesterday. So if you have your house, and uh, they handle this well, even though uh, pharmacies are still open. That's one of the essential, obviously, um, <clears throat> businesses that will remain throughout whatever uh, our quarantine situation here is situation is here in Oxford. So find out more at 662-236-2222 for, uh, for more information. Olympics officially postponed to 2021. We knew that was coming. It has been announced now. Yep. Um, makes sense. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I saw where NBC is going to – I think it's NBC is going to have a great run from a uh, standpoint of just um, what they have over a period. A Super Bowl and two Olympics in like six, 12 months, something like that. Like just tons of stuff over and over and over and over again. There is some talk about the uh, the Masters in October. Yep. Which would be good. Well, there were some clues the other day. Um, there were some clues the other day when some like some hotel stuff and different things in October, the prices in Augusta had jumped. There was obviously some some talk of Yeah. Hey, this is this is this is probably headed that direction. Yeah, I can see. I keep you know me, I keep telling myself, man, if we just we just got to get through this little bout here. The other side can be really cool, but we got to let it happen. There's a lot of the pushback for people that we got to get back to work Monday. Got to get back to work Monday. I'm not one to belittle anybody. I, I just I wish we I wish we could just do it. Get through it. 30 days, 45 days, whatever it is, and get to the other side. There's there's fear in college athletics. That's the word, Chase, when you talk to people. There's mm-hmm. fear. What happens if you can't have a football season? What do you do from a budgetary standpoint? A lot of athletics programs can't make it. Yeah. And for people that are like, well, it's bigger than sports, I get that. I'm not I'm – not, but I, I'm not an economist. I can't begin to break down how tax structures and things like that. We, we we talk about sports. We cover sports. I talk to people in sports, and and there's legitimate fear that a season is going to be problematic if the the virus hasn't been put to bed by mid to late summer. 
because you know people ask the question, what do you do if you bring a football program together for the first time from all over the country, and all of these programs have people from all over the country, and you put them in one building, and suddenly everybody is taking showers and meeting rooms and meals and all the stuff that has to happen for you to have a preseason camp, and then people start getting sick. How does that, how does that work? Reading from uh, Sammy in our live stream, they said Japan's reopening all schools nationwide next week. So that's good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And Japan now is a good – and Sammy, correct me if I'm wrong. Japan's a good two and a half months ahead of us. I guess point being, timeline-wise, that's still fine. Yeah, that, 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 yeah. That, that's fine. But we have to do what Japan did. We have to do what Korea did. They – they locked it down. They did. They shut it down. They there was not this. Hey, we got to get back. Open the schools back. Let's go. There's that pressure's already happening in America. The was it Lieutenant Governor of Texas? I hate to put any words in someone's mouth. Where he said, "Hey, you know, grandparents would 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 willingly die to save their children's economic futures." And you just go, "Wait, wait, what?" I, I I do not remember him. I'm reading here from ESPN though that uh, David Edwards, a guard on Texas A&M's basketball team in the early '90s, has uh, passed away from complications of coronavirus. Um, seeing here, the university official confirmed the news to the Dallas Morning News. Um, so he was how old now? My age? Um, somewhere it, somewhere between our ages. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Somewhere somewhere between our ages. Yeah. My guess is yeah, thirty, forty-seven, forty-eight, somewhere yeah, it's, in there. It's not just killing old people. Started at Georgetown, transferring to A&M prior to the 91-92 season. In 85 games, averaged 13.5 points. Former St. John's guard, late Lee Green, has also died from battling coronavirus. He was there from 91 to 94 at St. John's. So, so he's a little younger than me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, just coming across those this morning as I'm reading through. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of anger about it, and I get it. There's a lot of people are scared. People are scared of their businesses. I understand completely. I, I just know that if, for example, if double decker is going to go off in the middle of August, as they're hoping to do, we've got to get to a place where this thing has been put to bed and gone away. Quote from, uh, I'm finding it now, quote from Sankey yesterday on Feinbaum. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Just give me one second. It's alluding to this as far as football and whatnot. It's basically a continuation of what he said in that media teleconference yeah. last week. He said, we're in the beginning stages of contingency planning. What those contingencies look like, I don't know, but I think we experienced in the last two weeks suggests that we have a responsibility to at least prepare for a set of unknowns. <clears throat> Sankey's uh, comment there to uh, Five Bomb yesterday. I've heard they have had conversations about pushing dates back, shortening the season. Um, playing the regular season into December. Maybe not starting the regular season until October. And then they're having to have the brutal conversations about what if we can't have a season? How do we stay afloat? <clears throat> There's a conversation in our live thread about how we will 
socially interact differently, if at all, when this is all over. I think I will be different for the rest of my life, I think. I think the days of me just shaking a whole bunch of hands and stuff, I think that's done. But why? Not arguing, I'm just generally I just think, curious. I, I think everybody slowly reverts back to what they've always known. Yeah, I don't think I will. But why? I mean, if it's gone, I'm mean, really, I'm just asking. Because the next one, germs. I think now I, I catch myself watching old sporting events. Going, oh, my God, I can't believe they're touching each other like that. Really? Yep. I'm a hand washer, but it's mostly from, frankly, it's from those two weeks in the NICU because when you're scrubbing in constantly, yeah. it's just it's become a little bit of a tick. But um, no, I, I don't. My guess is the majority of people revert back. Our attention spans are so low. Things, it's it, when it's done, or, you know, for a while, sure, but six months, a year, yeah, I think everybody gets fairly back to normal, especially. Praying, hopefully, especially in places where it's not an epicenter right. of issues from this. You hope that's a lot of places. I'm just saying, yeah. you, you, if, if you're in Manhattan or Queens dealing with everything they're dealing with right now, you probably have a different interaction after this is over compared to sure. here right now. Of course, we're not where we are geographically. We're we're not too far from a couple of epicenters: Nashville and New Orleans. And New Orleans, yeah, yeah. getting going. Uh, speaking of that, they won't brag on themselves. I will brag on them. Uh, Blue Delta has reverted their entire um, operation right now to uh, doing protective masks for uh, for people. I talked to Nick this morning, and they uh, they're going to have the ability to make over fifty thousand a week right now. They're doing about fifty thousand, a little more than that a week. It sounds like they uh, they have had they like I said, it reminds me really a lot about the you know the war in the forties a little bit. Yeah. You find ways to, to, to help through manufacturing. If you need to pick up jeans or you do have something that's kind of, I don't know about pressing is not the right word, but you want to take care of, they'll do appointments or they'll ship them to you no matter where you are just to make this simple on everybody. So their, their studio is not open. They are not currently making jeans. It's, it's, it's a credit to those guys because what they're doing is keeping their seamstresses in, in, in work right now. That's, that's the thing that they're, yeah. they're doing. They're finding ways to help. They're finding ways to keep people employed and they, uh, They'll have masks starting uh, later this week. Um, so We're obviously biased. They're friends of ours. But in addition to that, even if they weren't friends, people that know Nick and Blake and all of those guys over there know how they're remarkably good people. Oh my, AKs, we talked Andy. Andy's yeah. a, a pretty big part of that operation, not day-to-day, but as an investor. and He's not one to just throw his money at stuff. Yeah, I was, when I was talking to Nick, he said that they asked for a lot of – feedback from medical professionals from scientists from different things and he said you won't believe in some of the epicenters the emails he had gotten on just what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis what they need that it's uh it's pretty gripping he mentioned that um Brandon Nemo for the Mets one of their one of their clients yeah. his wife is a is a nurse or a doctor or something in Queens and said it's 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 bad yeah said it's you he said catastrophic would be the way you classify some of the emails that he had gotten from those areas. So. And, and we're not at the peak yet. Right. According to all, every single model. It's why the, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I get people to get angry at me and I've gone all over on this thing. I, I, if you talk to people or you read stories from some of the epicenters of this, whether it's Seattle, now it's New York, Nashville, New Orleans. New Orleans is scary. It's, it's, it's frightening. 
we we a couple things that we as a society we in the media made mistakes early on with this just kills old people not that an old person's life is less valuable than a younger person's life but i think that created a false sense of security among a lot of people it doesn't just kill old people it's killing a lot of middle age and younger people it's not killing kids but it's killing people in their 30s 40s 50s people that still have a lot of life left no doubt um, Ben Ingram on the show at some point. Is that a beer garden? What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm taping uh, with Ben, and uh, I'll make a beer garden out of it, and probably use some of it tomorrow as well. We'll talk to him about the base. I'm curious the baseball season. There is a play by play guy for the Braves. Play, by yeah, the way. sorry. Yeah, there, there's there's a skepticism running amok in in baseball circles right now that they just aren't going to be able to make this happen. It's um, everybody knows I'm friends with Dan Jennings, the assistant general manager for the Washington Nationals. I texted with Dan yesterday. His words were, "I think, I think we'll have a season. Maybe, I think. Basically, I think I, I think we will, but I have no idea. Right now, there's no no directive at all from MLB about start dates, about camp dates." You, you're a baseball guy. You know we've now broken up camp so long that you'd have to be really careful with pitchers, getting guys back into pitching shape. There's a buildup that takes an amount of time. You can't rush it. It's probably three weeks. Can you resume camps? And then what happens if somebody gets it in camp? Do you have to quarantine the whole damn team? Does that stop everything? What happens it's just, you know, I, I think there's a chance that we have baseball at some point, no fans in the stands. But there are people in baseball circles that say, why are we going to do that? Owners look at that and say, why would we do that? Just for the TV money? Don't get the gates? Can't put people back to work? Doesn't make a lot of sense economically? There's a lot of a lot of questions that are that are there and I get unlike a week ago where there was a a little quiet confidence in the NBA circles that they would have a July August playoffs make their money fans would get to see games that optimism is dying on the vine leave you with this kind of interesting uh, trivia question or trivia thing I'm seeing on uh, on Twitter a minute ago it says that this day in 1984 the Tigers trade Glenn Wilson and John Walkenfuss to the Phillies for Dave Bergman and Willie Hernandez. Willie wins the MVP and the Cy Young Award, but whatever on the little thing there. It says, in 1984, same year, Cal Ripken, Cal Ripken led all of Major League Baseball with a 10 war. No other American League player accumulated even an 8 war. However, for his efforts, Ripken received one single 10th place MVP vote. Wow. Shows you how analytics and everything's so different there yeah. in, in 36 years. Um, so, yeah, trivia there. A ten for the season and got one tenth place vote and that was it in the uh, in the MVP race. So we'll uh, have more for you tomorrow. Again, trying to figure out guests, figuring out different ways to uh, bring you some normalcy, entertain you in the process. Also, so uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Appreciate Tom Hart for his time, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. <laughs>